What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Make sure you download the app and join me Wednesday, 6 p.m. to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. We've got a fun show for you today. In just a little bit, Dan Devine of The Ringer, a blog legend, is going to join us to talk a little bit about the Blazers. He wrote a great story about Norman Powell, and he's just someone who follows the league and has a unique view, and I'm really excited to chat with him. So he'll come on here in just a little bit. Join us to chit-chat. But first, let's talk a little bit of Blazer news. The Blazers finally added to their second two-way contract, signing veteran TJ Leaf to a two-way contract as reported by multiple outlets, first by ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. Leaf is a four-year veteran forward who was the number 18 overall pick by the Indiana Pacers in the 2017 NBA Draft. He spent his first three seasons with the Pacers, spending a whole bunch of time in the G League with the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. Uh, this offseason, he was traded to Oklahoma City in exchange for Jalen LeCue Le- and then waived by the Oklahoma City Thunder. A team in full developmental mode had no need for the developmental hopes of TJ Leaf. He's... You know, the two-way spot is 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 just is for developmental guys. Um, so there's there's not a lot here. He's not going to play unless something goes wrong. He has not been very good. Like, I don't think TJ Leaf is an NBA player, but the thing about a two-way contract is it's not for NBA players. Over his career, that's 139 games, all with the Pacers, again, did not appear with OKC. He's averaging 3.3 points and a cool two rebounds, shooting 34% from three, and 49% from the field. He's he just he just doesn't have the he doesn't have the feel um in the little bit I've watched him uh, admittedly mostly during his rookie season uh in 2017-18. He just doesn't have great feel. He is is not quite an NBA player. Um no reason not to take a risk. It's the two-way contract is exactly for this type of thing. Uh you get a guy in the building, you get to see him work out, you put him through your own developmental stuff. Um you have him on the roster in case you need another sort of stretch shooting. Um, low risk, low reward, no no real comments on TJ Leaf. But I am I have been very critical, openly critical of the Blazers in this space for not using their second two-way spot. Now they've done it. I will shut up and I'll say, good job. This is um, this is kind of like the exact, this is the exact sort of move that, uh, Neil Olshay typically makes. It reminds me a little bit of Wade Baldwin, uh, you know, a former sort of mid-first round pick who they signed in a two-way deal to see what he can give them. Uh, Baldwin didn't turn out to be much of an NBA player either, even though he had some nice bright spots. I think TJ Leaf, um, you know, a 6'10 theoretical shooter could could be the same thing. I don't think he'll get the sort of spot minutes that Wade Baldwin got, but, you know, the the Blazers will have a chance to see if he can play. He'll be a restricted free agent after this, this summer. If they want to bring him back, they can. If they want to bring him back on another two-way deal, he seems like a guy that might be sort of in that range but like I said TJ TJ Leaf's not going to play but uh, as the Blazers continue to to fill out their roster this is uh, this is what it looks like a quick correction on something I said yesterday I or I just didn't didn't mention yesterday Ronnie Hollis Jefferson signing a 10-day deal not a full contract for the remainder of the season I believe it was first reported that it was that it was a minimum deal but it's it's since been uh, reported multiple places that it, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson joined the team on it on a on a you know an NBA contract, not a not a two way deal because he's not eligible. But uh, 
this is uh he'll be on a 10-day deal so the so the Blazers will probably likely sign him to two 10 days it means he'll be around for for 20 games uh and then they'll get to decide whether they want to sign him for the rest of the season or if they just want to let him go after two 10 days and sign other players to 10-day deals in order to fulfill the minimum roster requirements other little bit of news before we bring in Dan Devine is that Yusuf Nurkic is going to miss Tuesday's game against the Los Angeles Clippers uh this show's coming out Tuesday afternoon but or, or Tuesday morning depending on where you are in the world but Nurk is not going to play this evening against the uh against the Clippers with what the team is calling right knee inflammation Nurk had returned for five games on a 20 minute roughly 20 minute minutes restriction after missing 10 weeks first with a fractured wrist and then a calf strain in his right leg this knee inflammation is in that same right leg which is a little bit concerning this is a, a new injury we hadn't heard about it as I'm recording this uh, the there hasn't been media availability availability to explain when that's exactly going to happen I imagine we'll find out pre-game if there's any details on it uh, Stotts and the Blazers aren't exactly uh, known for being forthcoming with with injury information but we if we do know more it will be um on Tuesday right around game time. So that's a bummer. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. also listed on the injury report, but he is probable with that quad injury. So pretty good chance we'll see Derek Jones, but uh, you know, the whole sort of thing for the Blazers was we wanted to see them play against at full strength against good teams, and here they are not not at full strength. You know, um, as good as Ennis Cantor has been, he's better as a backup. Uh, the Blazers aren't able to go, you know, aren't able to put, you know, quality centers on the court for all 48 minutes. It forces them to absolutely go small with the second unit and not sort of stay big and try things out. And it's just... You know, you want to see the test for this team is what they can be when they're whole. And without Nurk, they're not going to be whole. That's a bummer. Hopefully we get to see Derek Jones, have him back in the lineup, provide some um, provide some defensive support. And, and just, you know, it's better when guys play in general. It's in, I'm rooting for everyone to be available because uh, basketball is more fun with all the parts there. But yeah, no Nurk Tuesday night against the Clippers, which is a bummer. But sounds like Derek Jones Jr. It looks like Derek Jones Jr. is likely to return to the lineup. That is your Blazer news. In the second segment, we're going to bring on Dan Devine of The Ringer, and we're going to chat about the Blazers, their outlook, what's going on. He wrote a great story about Norman Powell. We're going to talk about that and oh so much more. But first, let's talk about Locker Room. I told you at the top of the show that this episode is brought to you by Locker Room, and uh, Locker Room is just the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, that's right, the host of this very podcast, the man with bad opinions who you've probably yelled at many times, along with other fans, athletes, and other insiders in real time about your favorite team or your favorite sport. I'm going to be hosting the Locked on Blazers locker room once a week, and, and this week it's going to be Wednesday at 6 p.m. That's right, you can finally join in on the conversation that you listen to here every day. Here's how it works. Um, locker room is just a great place to sort of join in on the conversation. You'll find fans who are doing watch parties and having debates and post-game breakdowns and reacting to big news and rumors and all that stuff. And I'll, like I said, I'm going to be on there at 6 p.m. And once you, well, all you got to do is download the app and then follow me on there at Mike G. Rich. You, you, you'll get a notification when I go live. It'll be, lo- it'll be a Locked On Blazers uh, labeled room. I'm going to be on there with my friend and colleague, Jamie Hudson of NBC Sports. Uh, we do this weekly. It's been a lot of fun. You can just listen live. It's like radio right on your phone, or you can request to speak and we can have a little back and forth. You can ask me questions. We can debate stuff. If there's things on here you haven't liked, um, 
or, or disagree with me with is a great time to get in on it. Um, I've really enjoyed doing them and I, and I hope you will join me there. So go download the free locker room app now currently available on all iOS devices and be sure to create a profile, link up your Twitter, join the NBA group, uh, for the latest league updates and follow me at Mike G rich to be notified when my room goes live. Uh, I know you won't want to miss it. Like I said, Wednesday at 6 PM. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the blazers. See you there. Locker room changing the way we talk sports. Today's episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com. The family business has been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. They got everything you could possibly need. From engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And whatever you're looking for is available in a few easy clicks from their unique and remarkably easy to navigate catalog. You'll quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. You'll be able to choose the brands, the specifications, and the prices that you prefer. And best of all, it's the prices. Because at rockauto.com, they're always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You don't have to do that. Instead, you can go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck right now. And while you're there, make Make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. So make sure you follow Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you already get podcasts. Joining us now is Dan Devine of The Ringer, one of the OG blog fathers. He probably won't like that title, but someone who's been in the blogosphere, blogosphere forever, uh, making you smarter about the NBA and, and, and doing it in a way that you can really connect to someone who I love to read. Dan, thanks for joining the show. Uh, Mike, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. And like, I won't even get mad that you dated me like that. Like it, it, at, the, at a certain point, it's just true, right? Like you just, I'll take it as, as a compliment that I've been able to be around for a while. How yeah. Still, still kicking. I didn't say, you know, one of the former, you know, chronicled Naismith and somehow hung <laughs> around like someone who existed on the internet. One of our most washed and over with people, Dan Devine. Of the Dan Devine, still here. Can't believe it. <laughs> Fra frankly, shocking that he has not been fired at this point. Dan Devine, nice to bring you on. <laughs> we are indeed happy to have you. Um, Dan, uh, you wrote a story. This is so, this is how the internet works. You wrote a story on April 2nd about the Blazers at, at edition of Norman Powell that is now somehow, in a way, old news. Wildly uh, out of date. Wildly <laughs> out of date. It is, it is unfortunate how it all works, but, um, but in that story, you kind of wrote about how the Blazers are, are leaning into their best selves. And I think that is kind of the, um, the crux of the Norman Powell signing you. I mean, even though it's wildly out of date, you still see it that way, right? Like they've decided to, to play to their strengths. Yes. Although I will say that it had, I had the advantage of writing that before they played the bucks. So yeah. that was the, the idea is you got, you got to write it while, while it's hot, while it makes sense. Um, but no, I, I think that's right. I think when I first, when that, when news of that deal first came across on deadline day, where they were going to uh, bring in Norman Powell to Portland and send out Gary Trent Jr. and, uh, and Rodney Hood to make the money work, I was kind of like, 
That's real. I mean, I knew that that Trent was going to be enter restricted free agency, so they were going to have to pay him too. But Norman Powell is entering unrestricted free agency, and that was a position that I think they already were pretty all right with. I was sort of I was interested in, in the thinking about why. And the first thought that I had was, oh well, maybe this is sort of a uh, like a little bit of insurance for the minutes where you have only Dame or CJ on the court. Like right. now, you now you always have two guys who can create uh, in those contexts. And then thinking about, okay, well, if that's true then is there an even greater kind of like aggregate effect of having three of those guys on the court together? Yes. It makes you smaller. It, you know, you're, you're losing a little bit of size at the three spot, a little bit of, uh, I mean, Powell has been able to defend a few positions. Uh, for, forgive me for the, the, the sirens outside. They're coming for me. That's how hot Norman Powell was to start his career is that the, the police are coming for him. That's exactly right. It's the, the, the beauty of living on an Avenue in Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, so you wind up with, with this sort of general idea that, if you're, you're you're trying to force defenses to make decisions that they don't want to make on every possession, right? And uh, Dame is so good at that. CJ is so good at that. When they have Yusuf Nurkic in the game, there's another guy who can make plays. And if you're if you're adding in Powell to that, who is a, a more sort of a more live and and diverse offensive player at this stage of his career than right. Gary Trent is, then all of a sudden you're 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 just making. It's a defense becomes, you know, constantly trying to plug a finger in a dam and then another leak spurt uh, bursting open someplace else. And so I thought that was really interesting to me. And how would Terry Stotts start to work him in? And then you're watching the film those first few games and you're like, oh, he already fits perfectly behind all these flare screens and running these corner actions and sprinting off handoffs or just spacing the floor. Like it just made a lot of so much more sense seeing it in front of me than even it did when I started to look at the numbers. And then I was, you know, you're thinking, well, it might not solve every problem that the Blazers might face, but if it can create enough problems on the other end, like that, that makes, it takes out what was an already pretty interesting and pretty good team and can make them even more interesting and more compelling moving forward. Yeah. And there's something to be said for saying, this is what we do well, let's do it best versus here's the thing we're really bad at. Is there anything that can possibly save us? It's hard to solve sort of those bigger questions midstream. Uh, mm -hmm. It's hard to say, you know, we're one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. Who's Who could rescue this defense? Um, if that, you know, you could argue maybe that's Aaron Gordon. I'm not sure that he solves every problem. I think he certainly would have upgraded them. Um, he looks pretty darn good in Denver, um, as you wrote this morning. Uh, but it's there might not be a solution to that big of a question that large of a headline probably doesn't have a, a mid season solution that you maybe thought you solved a little bit better in the off season. So you might as well just do what you do best. And um, you know, Norman Powell might not end up way better than Gary Trent jr. He might um, he, he, it might be their paths might cross pretty soon in overall talent, but his ability to get downhill, like, like you, like you pointed out his, his just sort of like towards the rim juice is something I think this, this offense was missing outside of Damon CJ and Norm Norm offers them a strength. Norm offers them that strength that maybe they didn't have in the lineup. And uh, it's, the early returns are a little bit mixed because they've crushed some bad teams and lost to the Bucks, as you mentioned. Um, and we're recording this before they play the Clippers. So I'm, I'm setting you up again, Dan. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think there's something to be said about um, just doing what you do best better, like maximizing your strength. This is a, it's kind of like a D&D &D type of analogy here, but it's a min-max thing um, for all my nerds out there. 
I, yeah, I appreciate that. No, I, I, th I think you're right. And I think that it's you, the point that you make about what, which adjustments can you make midstream is a really great one because as much as, you know, I, I, I mentioned Aaron Gordon in that, in the story that I wrote about the, the Blazers and just saying like, right. theoretically, and of course, I'm not the first person to say that a lot of people discuss that kind of move, a guy that would be like a defensive, versatile ball moving four that can screen and short roll and finish, but like is not necessarily going to be a high usage player, but maybe covers up uh, a, a different sort of problem or, or addresses a different sort of problem uh, for a team that had ranked in the bottom of the league in defensive efficiency. That makes a lot of sense, but it also would require some major reshuffling of you know, tactically, what are you going to do and how are you going to reallocate the minutes in the front court? And you've had Covington playing four all this time. So what does he then bump down to three and how does that change things around? Does that maybe, uh, do you get a, a lack of juice offensively from that kind of readjustment? Right. Also like, you know, the, the idea that you could then have maybe less, you, you still are dealing with the same problem when you stagger Damon CJ because you don't have another creator in the same way. And so this was like, what if we didn't have to change anything we do and just got maybe 5% better at all of it. And I think that is a, that's a pretty compelling argument to be able to make. And like, you know, we, you've got a colony, you know, a, a maybe 20 or 20 or so games before you're heading into the postseason. instead of having to wholesale reorganize who you are, you just try to find a way to elevate the things that you already do well and, and augment the, you know, the strategies, the tactics, the sets, the style that you already play with. Yeah, I mean, because there's no diminishing returns on uh, adding shooting, adding another slasher, adding right. another guy who who doesn't have to be, uh, you know, a 25-30% usage rate kind of guy to make an impact. Like Powell already comes out of a scenario in Toronto where he was not the number one mouth to feed, and more often than not was not the number two or number three. He had taken a jump forward in that in that regard this season because of all the in injuries with the Raptors, but perfectly comfortable playing a smaller role on a team where there were, you know, uh, number one sort of alpha scorers. So I think the idea makes a ton of sense. And then obviously the big looming question over all of it, that'll, and a lot of it will be determined or will come based on what the, the Blazers do in the postseason and down the stretch run here is, you know, what does that make Powell worth to the Blazers in unrestricted free agency in the off season? And like, is, you know, it is that worth you, you, you retain his bird rights by making the trade for him. So you can go over the cap to be able to bring him back. If you choose is, I mean, he's probably going to command a pretty hefty number considering the last, you know, basically two years of track record of him being one of the more efficient scoring guards in the league. So then that, you know, obviously how much do you invest in those positions? You've already got so much extended with Dame, with CJ, uh, you know, you're going to be coming up on, on, you know, a few other bigger decisions in terms of what the rest of your roster looks like for the foreseeable future. But I think one thing you've, that, you know, Dame has made clear, Neil O'Shea has made clear, a lot of the reporting around the team has made clear is they're not necessarily extremely concerned about five years from now. They, they know what they have with CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard now. They right. know that this is the opportunity now. Um, you know, the, the, there's a ton of great teams in the West, a ton of really interesting teams that have gotten better, that have, you know, dealing with different injury issues, that have lineups that, that, are, that are rising and falling. But they see this as an opportunity now. Um, and, and I think that there's an argument to me. I think it's a good argument that the move they made for Powell maybe helps them get closer to that and to being the team that they that, that can 
take advantage of that window now than some of those other you know larger restructurings might have at this point in the season. Let's let's talk about that future. Let's come back in the third segment and, and continue this discussion. But first, let's talk a little bit about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Straight up, that's what it is. NBA games every night. NHL in full swing. MLB season is here. We got baseball every single day. And if you don't want to bet on sports, you can bet on awards and reality TV shows. That's right. Bet Online's got updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's also got you covered for real time scores and news. So. It's just the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to their website, betonline.ag, use your mobile device or your computer, and sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The website is betonline.ag, and if you use that promo code LOCKEDON to to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Still a pass-first point guard. Still Mike Richmond, and you're still listening to Locked on Blazers. Now that the NCAA tournament is wrapped up, you've probably watched a bunch of high-level college basketball players, and you might be looking for more analysis on the top prospects that are going to be available in the NBA draft this year. Well, check out the Locked on NBA Draft podcast, where you'll get scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of all things NBA draft four days a week from credentialed experts who know their stuff. Make sure you follow Locked On NBA Draft on the Odyssey app or wherever you already get podcasts. All right, we're still chatting here with Dan Devine of The Ringer. What in your mind is the Blazers ceiling now with this group? Let's assume pretty good health with this. Um, obviously, uh, it sounds like Yusuf Nurkic is not going to play against the Clippers. Um Derek Jones Jr. is going to be back, but if assuming they're healthy, assuming this group is is whole, um, accepting Zach Collins, what is this team's ceiling in your eyes? I mean, I think they're a team that sh- that should feel like it can contend for you know pretty deep into the Western Conference uh, playoff race. I mean, like you know, this is a, it's a, we're only a couple of years away from them being in the Western Conference Finals, and. That was, you know, last year, obviously the you know year from hell on a lot of levels. But when we actually saw what the Blazers looked like when they had most most of their roster together in the bubble, that wasn't a half bad team. And so now you're looking at with you know post Covington, post Powell, with a healthy Nurkic back. Um, you know, Carmelo Anthony, I think, has been about as good as anybody could have possibly expected in terms of what you can get from him as a uh, you know a third or third or fourth forward off the bench uh, or the third or fourth forward in the rotation for second guy off the bench uh, and somebody who can play late, you know, late uh, games and, and, you know, against matchups where you, you could use another, another shooter, another score. I, I, to me, they look like a team that assuming good health, even without Collins, they're, you know, pretty deep everywhere. I have a little bit of concern about, you know, what Anthony Simons is as a backup ball handler, but I think that concern gets mitigated somewhat by bringing Powell in. Yeah, he might you not know. play in the playoffs. Yeah, he might not have to. So right. I think that you you look at a team that kind of knows who it is and what it, you know, what it wants to do, how it's going to accomplish its goals. I think the fact that you, obviously you'd love to see more of a sample with Nurkic and Covington on the floor together because that when they've had that that group together, they've actually defended fairly well. Right, right. Um, and so that's been like, Nurkic has been a, a, a difference-making defensive player. You know, obviously the minutes and the roles have, have fluctuated throughout his career. But when, generally speaking, when he's on the floor, his team defends pretty well, even this, 
Blazers team. And I think if you're able to go into a postseason series with a, a rotation where it's, you know, Nurkic and Canner with you know, up front, Covington and Mello at the four, Derek Jones Jr. floating around as a, you know, defensive matchup, uh, you know, and as somebody that can play f- four in smaller lineups, can play three in bigger ones, can guard, you know, damn near every position on a given possession. Um, and then that three guard lineup with Lillard, McCollum and Powell, to me, that's a, an eight or nine man rotation that can go to war and I, that I feel pretty comfortable with. The only hesitancy that you have is just, just how freaking deep the West is, you know, right. it, it's like, you're talking about, um, with, I do, as you mentioned, I wrote about the Nuggets and Aaron Gordon for this morning at the ringer. And that's with Gordon, that lineup, that starting five is, you know, has been the best in the league since the trade deadline. And so now you're talking about that's the four seed in the West that is yeah. that's below the Clippers, below the Suns, below the jazz. And the Lakers are right there in the middle. Obviously if they, if they have a healthy LeBron and Anthony Davis, all bets are off. So, I mean, you're, you're going to wind up, there's a pretty, uh, things drop off below Dallas at seven, you know, and Luka right. Doncic has been playing at an MVP level for the last, you know, few months. So, but you're talking about in all likelihood, somebody really good is going to lose in the first round of the playoffs, like more than one team, probably that's really good is going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. You know, and to me, it's like a coin flip as to whether or not you're talking about whether Portland is that kind of team or Portland's in the conference finals. And I don't know that there's a whole lot separating those, you know, outcomes. And I don't know that it's all, I mean, all you can kind of do is fortify yourself as best day, as best you can. I think that they did a pretty solid job of that. The challenge is that, you know, a couple other teams did as well. And those that, that maybe didn't make those moves at the deadline made them before the season. They were already and pretty good. They, they got were already pretty they added, good. They added Chris Paul or they turned into the 2018, 19 Rockets with a defensive player of the year. Um, there's, there's a lot of talent up there. That's, that's a part of um, I've been trying to say this on the podcast is like, it's tough. You know, a, a lot of, I get, uh, sometimes some criticism from my dear listeners about being too uh, pessimistic, but it's, it's tough. Like if you finish, if you finish fourth and you get home court advantage, your reward might be playing the Los Angeles Lakers or, you know, like it's, it's going to be, it's going to be dicey. Um, the West is, the West is no fun. Uh, it is, it, it is, um, you just have such a small margin for error and the Blazers all year have, have kind of, danced along that razor's edge of, of what, how small can their margin of error can be. And now they're healthy and it's like, well, Hey, maybe they're blowing out teams and they're actually getting better, but the reward might be just a really, really brutal first round series. And the way, unfortunately, the way the league works and the way the sort of people who follow the league work is that losing to the Phoenix, a really, really good Phoenix team in the opening round of the playoffs would, would feel like a failure, even if it's like a a three, six matchup that goes seven games, Um, which is a bummer because I think there's a lot of ways to have a good season. Um, And uh, um, I don't know if the, like the the players on the Blazers agree with me with that take, but my hottest NBA take is that it's okay to be okay. Like it's, it's good. You can build a pretty competitive team. That's decent. And that is like a, that's a good end result. Yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, I feel like this, this, this is something that we agree on for sure, because I mean, I, you know, we, we started this conversation with uh, talking about how old I am and how long I've been doing this. I think that part of me sort of getting to grow up in this job a little bit and just grow up in general is understanding that 
you've got to find ways to appreciate stuff beyond just who wins and who loses, right? Like there sure. has to be more to it than just, did you win a championship or no? And, and that binary being a decision-making uh, factor on like whether you can enjoy what you saw and, <laughs> uh, or, or can appreciate what happened or, or feel like you're, you wasted your time. And I understand that the game itself and the, and the way, yeah, the way, as you mentioned, the way it works is like, People lose jobs behind stuff like exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. People, you know, people are going to people will lose people will lose employment because of results, even though you want it to not be just about the results. Yeah, and that's and that is a a, a brutal and and sort of you know not it's it's not about fairness in, in in the business as it as it's constructed. But and that's you know the the counter argument to that is like well this is you know that's where the money comes in right you know right. But like but all still like I, I mean I don't know I, to me I look at it and I say the Blazers continue every year it seems to you know dance through the raindrops with injuries and have you know their you know something that looks really exciting and really hopeful sort of snatched away from them only to then continue to survive on the you know by the grace of Damian Lillard and exactly. shooting um and then they get an opportunity they get everybody back and then you kind of hope for the best and you hope you haven't fallen too far off the pace at that point but the, re- the reality of the conference as it's constructed is like the only way to even get around a brutal first round matchup would be to be the one seed. And even that, like if, if the playoffs all started today, the number one seed in the uh, with Utah Jazz would have to deal with, you know, John Morant and a healthy Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, you know, in the first round too. And that would not be very much fun. So the Jazz like, reward for winning 70% of their games might be the Lakers. Yeah, or or like if the if the Warriors can get their you know their act together, like Stephen Curry coming in in round one, you know, yeah. like there there's the, the there's no easy way through. There's no you know prefer, I mean there are preferable paths I suppose, but there's no easy way through. So all that to say, um, you know the the Blazers can win you know coming up on two thirds of their games and wind up a three seed. And yeah, it could be the Clippers, it could be the Nuggets, it could be the Lakers, it could be Luca and the Mavericks, it could you know whatever. It could it, the the, the the permutations of that are kind of endless, but none of that. Well, first off, you know, maybe it's worth considering as we talk about your, you know, the, the listenership being a little uh, unhappy at pessimism. Like it's also worth considering that the Blazers are that team for these other teams, right? Like how much fun is it to, to know that you're going to have to deal with Dame and CJ and, you yeah. know, if they, if you have a healthy Blazers lineup that actually has some outlets for some uh, re, uh, release valves, for trapping defenses, how much fun is that to deal with for seven games? Like, yeah, I think that would be a big worry of of the aforementioned Denver Nuggets. Like, I think they match up better with some other teams than they do against the Blazers. I don't think I think that's if they had to deal with a bunch of small guards running around. I don't think that's their strength at all. With all due respect to Monty Morris and Will Barton, whom I whom I love, two of my favorites, but like those are not lockdown defenders. That losing Gary Harris and Torrey Craig kind of changed the calculation for specifically guarding little guards. Um, best of, best of luck if they meet up with the Suns or the Blazers in the first round because they've built a team that seems to fit better against the upper echelon of the West, but maybe that's sort of middling, middling very good teams. I don't know how to, how to phrase that, but like the tier two of the contenders um, are, are tough matchups. I think, I think the last 10 games of the, of the West of the season can be really fascinating who who's trying to position where in the West, because um it's like the Blazers don't want to play big wings. Denver doesn't probably doesn't want to play small guards. Uh, 
it's hard to say who Phoenix would want in these, in these series, but it's, it'll be, I think it'd be super fascinating the last 10 games or so um, about who, you know, who's trying to get where, who's, who's doing some strategic resting, you know, to, to get their guys a break. Yeah, I think you're right. And then, I mean, it's, it's the, the biggest variable hang over all of it is health. Right. And that's right. kind of, it's kind of annoying and boring because there's, you can't actually say much about it, but um, you know, if uh, we, you know, we, we just, as part of this discussion said, like, if the Lakers have a healthy LeBron James and Anthony Davis, then you you can kind of throw out most of whatever was discussed before. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't revisit this podcast. Or feel fairly confident about what their you know what their odds would be like against no matter who they have to deal with. And I, but you're also talking about how confident do you feel in that being the case? You know, you're talking about right. Anthony Davis coming off of an extended uh, del, you know period on the shelf where he's dealing with an Achilles issue and like. That's scary as hell. And LeBron, uh, you know, you feel you probably feel most confident about him being able to get back to his full self before. But the last time he dealt with an extended injury, it hampered him through the second half of the season as well. So all that to say, like there's, you know, if if you can't project those sorts of things. I do think, though, that if I if I if you're able to tell me this Blazers team as it looks now. With the you know, assuming that Nurkic is healthy, is able to go into a seven-game series, yeah, I mean, they, it would be tough to deal with Kawhi, it'd be tough to deal with LeBron, it'd be tough to deal with Luca. You know, like they're those guys are going to be tough to serve no matter what. But I don't know that I would feel outgunned in any of those series because I think, a, you have to believe in what Lillard is, you have to believe in what CJ has been this season when healthy you know, an absolute, like should, would have been an all-star if not yep. for that injury and yep. has absolutely, ret- you know, returned to that level since, re- since coming back into the lineup. I think you have to feel like the, how many of these teams have three, have three guys that can guard perimeter shooters like that. How many guys have, how many teams have the, the infrastructure to handle all of the actions we can throw at them in a given possession, especially with Nurkic able to, to trigger things from the top of the, uh, of the floor. It's, it's, I don't, I, I think you'd have to feel at least like you are going to be able to be in any shootout and you're going to be able to score even against some of those top level defenses. And then it's, you know, if you, you get into games where there it's, it's in a, within a few possessions late in the contest, like, all right, you got Damian Lillard and you got a chance. So I, I don't know, like, I think the, the uh, roll of the dice and the, you know, the way that the, the wheel sort of spins is going to be, you're right to say, Maybe there will be teams that we you know, will sort of sort of start to see what their preferences are. I think if you get me the Blazers into a, into a, a series healthy, I kind of the, the the biggest concern with them has been what do you do when somebody traps Dame and can right. get the ball out of his hands? Right. And I I don't know if Norman Powell is the answer, but it's an answer, and it's a different one than they've had before. And I kind of like the I, I like the way it looks, and I like the idea. So I'd be interested to see it. I like to think about it like this in the past when the Blazers were really struggling, the ball would get out of Dame's hands or get to the middle of the floor and Mason Plumley would pass the ball out for Ukamidu. Right. Right. And that wasn't very convincing. Now the, the, they'll get the ball out of Dame's hands. The ball goes to the middle of the floor and Yusuf Nurkic will pass to Robert Covington or Norman Powell. And look, that is not this. Those are not stars, but that's a better choice than they've had in the past. Um, so it, it definitely, like you wrote, it, you, you're now having to pick your poison a little bit before, because before the choice was easy. Let's let Mo Harkless do it. Let's just, let's right. just go ahead and let Mo Harkless do it and see if we win, see if they win. Um, and now that choice is a, you know, 
Covington is, has been insane shooting the ball over since March, but yeah. um, you know, Norm is Norm has a long track record of shooting a, a 40% plus 40% from three on catch and shoot shots. Like he, he could be the guy um, it's not a perfect solution, but it seems to be a much better one than they've had in the past. And also, I mean, but Powell, like, only all you got to do is go ask the bucks. Like he can do it yeah. He's done it in the playoffs, you know, yeah. like it's not, he, again, he had not, not a superstar. You're right. Not somebody that you are going to bank on for, you know, 22 points a game in the playoffs, but a guy who has had major moments on teams of consequence and is not going to like walk into those minutes on you know, like unfamiliar with what it feels like and how to get in where he fits in. So, you know, all you can do is put yourself in the best position possible to uh, to take advantage of those opportunities. It, it is possible that the you know balancing front court piece, if there if there was a chance to get that piece, would have been the best move, the, right. like, the number one optimizing move for the Blazers. But failing that, if that was not an option, or fail, you know if the the price was going to be too high, or yada yada yada. Um, I think Powell's a really interesting solution and I think the early returns are promising and, you know, the, the more we see against good teams, uh, that, that are going to, you know, might be sort of the, 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 like the, the, the measuring stick for what Portland you know, can do in the postseason. I think we'll learn a little bit more about that, but I, I think you're right to say, like, it's about what kind of questions you can make a defense answer. And I think that they can, you know, they have better options now than they used to. And uh, with if that, with this level of name, this level of CJ and a healthy Nurkic, I think that that's, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough to deal with. Yeah. Dan, where can people, if they want to find more of your work, where can they, where can they find it? Uh, apparently in the dustbin of history, as I've been doing this for 13, 15 years. Um, no, you yeah, can the ball to lie archives. Uh, here's where they go. Go to Altaba. <laughs> that's right I, don't, I actually, honestly i don't even know how much you can find of that you know the internet is an unforgiving mistress when it comes to like archiving stuff yeah it's uh, true um i you can go to the ringer.com uh what a great website i am uh, a member of the nba staff there so if you went to the ringer.com slash nba today you'll find me up there a couple times alongside folks like kevin o'connor and jonathan charks and rob mahoney and Zach Cram and Roger Sherman's got something up today and you know, all sorts of talented people uh, talking and writing and into the camera, into cameras and, and uh, microphones and people like me who just mostly type into a keyboard. Um, you can find me on Twitter uh, at your man divine. I mostly make little jokes and talk about basketball there. So if you enjoyed this, maybe you will enjoy that. All right. I, that's as good of a self plug as we've had on here. A lot of people stumble over that. <laughs> this, this is a pro we talk, this is, we're, we're dealing with a professional y'all Dan. Thanks again for joining us. This was a ton of fun. Um, I tough, tough games this week. I may have, may have set you up here with Clippers and jazz looming this week for the Blazers. Um, but your, um, I think your perspective was valuable and I really appreciate you joining us. It was my pleasure, Mike. And if nothing else, you can always blame the ringer curse if things fall off from here. That, that, that's, that's what happens. You talk, you speak uh, kindly about a team, you write about a team, you do a, a feature on a team, whatever, and then they go in the tank and you just chalk it up to the ringer curse. So I, if you might have set me up for that, but uh, if I have oh, also given the entire Blazers fan base something to blame. There you go, y'all. You know where to find them, the ringer.com. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. We'll, uh, we'll do it again soon. Sounds good.
Couple requests of you, dear listeners. One, download the Locker Room app. Join me, 6 p.m. on Wednesday. I'll be chatting with Jamie Hudson, my friend and colleague at NBC Sports Northwest, 6 p.m. West Coast time. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a way to get involved. Um, if if we get on there and we get, get a good number of people, I'll turn it into a podcast episode so you could have your voice feature right here in this space. Your question, a live mailbag, if you will. Could be a lot of fun. So download the app, uh, 6 p.m. Wednesday. I'd love to see you. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, could you do me the kind favor of writing a review on Apple Podcasts? It's where most people get their podcasts. More than half of my listeners find this right there on Apple Podcasts. And if you leave me a five-star review, it helps people know that you enjoy the show and they might enjoy it too. And it helps people who are looking for new Blazer podcasts find the show. So, you know, help help juice the algorithm. Tell the world that this is a five-star show. I would sincerely appreciate it. If you don't want to do that, just tell your friends about the podcast. Just, just tell them they can find it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked On Blazers will be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon. <laughs>